0: I'm Alec Baldwin, and you are listening to Mission Daily. Selected as Best of 2018 by Apple, Mission Daily is the number one podcast for accelerated learning. Here are your hosts, Chad Grills and Ian Faison. You think you've never ridden the horse, or it's a type of thing that you would remember? No,
1: it is. I mean, it is a thing. I feel like I did because we used to ride horses. um, So you did?
2: I don't know, I, but I can't
1: remember. So
2: how do you not remember if you so, rode a horse?
1: The reason why is because I was a my my brother is seven years older than I am. My sister is six years older than I am. We're so, uh, we're rolling by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll walk this episode in. So uh, so basically. We did a lot of activities as a family in which I was too young to participate for my entire childhood. So I, I like, I know that they rode donkeys down the Grand Canyon. I know that I sat at the top of the Grand Canyon. A big fog of bitterness, basically. Yeah, (laughs) this is why you
2: are the way you are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Interesting.
1: Um, And so, yeah, no, I'm the, I'm the, the, the way baby. And so I remember seeing other like Boy Scouts and the Boy Scout troop riding horses in Half Moon Bay. But I think that I was just there when my brother was a Boy Scout and I was just like hanging out, like mm-hmm. with my dad, like listening to the radio, listening to Paul Harvey probably.
2: I feel so bad for you. So Are you sorry.
0: Right? <laughs> Did that drive you to become an Eagle Scout?
1: Uh, no, I mean it was pretty much like um it was pretty much gonna happen anyways. Yeah. Like it was <laughs> it wasn't really a question of like You were just
0: so good. The Boy Scouts were like, here's an honorary Eagle Scout. We got you. Right. No, you still had to do the work. Uh, Merit badges aren't given, they're earned. That's Uh, why
2: he never zipped his backpack to bring it back. (laughs) He needed all that time he was saving to earn his badges.
0: Love it. Well said. What's up, everybody? I'm Chad Grills. I'm joined by Ian Faison. And that other voice you heard is Hillary. Hello. Georgia. Georgie you know, Georgie, Georgie I always like There's so many different names I want to say them I want to try it But mm-hmm. I don't want to butcher it So Hillary, welcome to the team
2: Thank you It's so nice to be here It's yeah, so, so
0: cool I, to have you out here Yeah Yeah, so Hillary has been
1: working with us Officially now
2: mm-hmm.
1: For like two weeks What is yeah,
2: it? Yeah, yeah, two weeks
1: And uh, is here in studio In sunny Palo Alto On a so gorgeous
2: sunny.
0: Gorgeous Friday
2: um, afternoon
0: The first sun we've had in months Yeah, really Feels like it like um,
2: now listen, I came from New York where it was, and you guys were both also in New York earlier this week where it was. It felt like negative thirteen degrees.
0: It, it, it did.
1: We so. got off. Uh, we got off the plane, and when you get off the plane into we were it, it was, was in New York. This time in so. New York, yeah. You get off the plane, and there's that gap between like the plane and the the whatever <laughs> it's called. The what's that called? the thing the giant like oh, the worm trail? hose thing yeah I don't know whatever it's called yeah we got off there and then immediately... worm hose is pretty memorable <laughs> <laughs> and all of the uh all of the folks like the employees had like actual like what like gigantic masks covering their mm-hmm. face and like Bacalabas? Yeah. Yeah. I never, I was confused uh, yeah, with thing. the delicious dessert. Um, <laughs> one of the people on the runway that was like moving bags sliced open a tauntaun and was sleeping in there. <laughs> so it was cold. It was freaking cold as It's hell. cold
2: there, yeah. That was a deep the, Star
1: Wars reference yeah, for the
0: Empire Strikes Back. Today there's Empire a monsoon, story.
2: apparently. Is or, it really? Not an actual monsoon, but it is like being pelted with like sheets of rain. No so.
0: kidding. Uh, we got out of there just in time.
1: So Hillary has an awesome background And we wanted to kind of share a few of the things that we've been doing lately while we were in New York and also dig into some of the fun stuff from Hillary's background. I guess first housekeeping point is, uh, so on our trip to New York, we got, we had an opportunity. Are we sharing this? Sure. I'm not sure what you're going to
0: share, but I think it's okay.
1: uh, (laughs) What we were doing yeah yeah let's let's share it so we had an awesome time recording a new at, or new season of a podcast with uh jeffrey wright so the star of hbo's westworld who also has a brand new documentary out which we highly recommend everybody check out on hbo and couple uh, new things out hold the dark yeah uh, and, and hold and the, the dark and yeah. he's everywhere right now including the upcoming uh host of the season of this podcast and we That's have a story some- podcast yeah yeah. And it was a, it was an awesome time recording with him. He is an exceptional guy and we had, we had a lot of fun writing this version of versions of these stories that are going to be coming your way in like the next
0: two weeks, probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like in the next two weeks. So yeah. Fun stuff.
0: Yeah. Hillary, you were up late editing and helping out. Oh, yes. Much appreciated.
2: Yes. I mean, because I was still on New York time and you guys were eventually on New York time, but you are usually three hours behind me. uh, So Let's just say, I don't know what time (laughs) we're on
0: because Ian can't really go to sleep because he stays up late yeah, here yeah so when we go to the east coast it's a special little treat i yeah. usually
2: I, I i'll like go to bed and then i'll wake up at 1 a.m and see like slack messages and be like oh i should start working again because <laughs> they're yeah. still working in california
0: it's tough uh yeah it's tough it's my cross to bear mm-hmm. i know t- it's, it's brutal for me too i mean i'm to be fair like i was up just
1: as late and yeah the uh the you know, I mean, if you, we generally, especially me, I stay up usually until like one or two, like writing and doing different stuff. And so when you go to the East Coast, that's 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so Chad and I were lying in our hotel until four in the morning and we had a flight that we had to leave for at five or we had to leave for the airport at five. And we're like, the old uh, 45 minutes of sleep is not going to feel <laughs> not going to fe- feel good the
0: next day.
2: Did you get any sleep on the plane? Are you guys plane sleepers?
0: It depends. on The flight back, yes, because mm -hmm. it was a larger plane. We had aisle seats living large back there compared to the flight over, which was uh, cramped. (laughs) I am... So, I also... What uh, about you?
2: Um, I I slept a little bit. I was working. So, like you, I took kind of the first flight out, but I flew from JFK, which is the better choice usually. Yes. As an FYI. So, I was working... I slept for like the first hour and then I worked the the rest of the flight and then got off the plane and continued to work cuz I'm a workaholic and that's yeah. all I do.
1: Well, I so I got really bad sleep. I always get really bad sleep on planes in general, but I was so exhausted cuz I slept like 45 minutes and then like an hour the couple of days earlier. And normally the person to my right or left, I try to like keep it, keep it all contained in my little, <laughs> Pack it uh, in. yeah, in my little eggshell. But yeah, I had no one to the two seats to the left of me on the flight oh my on God, the way back. So I was, up. yeah, I was like stretched sideways and I had the guy, the guy next to me on the way there at one point woke me up and he went, you know that you can lean your seat back, right? And I was like, touche. Um, so You used to work for the New York Yankees.
2: I did. That's true. For five Uh, years.
1: Yeah, for five years. And then you came to join us, our happy band of pirates here uh, at the mission. Tell us about what it was like working with the Yankees and working with... And building up their media properties too. Yeah, Yeah. building their media properties and like how they're significantly less cool than the Oakland A's. (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, the Yankees do have 27 world championships, which I don't know if you know is the the most... (laughs) of any sports team ever so i didn't know
0: that uh so yeah. i'm not familiar with baseball i'm sure if you like the oakland a's they must have had some type of like illustrious past so how many championships do they have well yeah. so
1: in in the oakland a's definitely very illustrious past we have one thing that the yankees do not have we won a world series while there was one of the biggest earthquakes in uh, american history so True. that's pretty great True. number two we used to have dollar tickets, dollar hot dogs mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesdays. So I used to go to Oakland A's games and you could go eat like five hot dogs and <laughs> and have, get a ticket to the game for like six bucks. So, I you mean, know,
2: we used to have like Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. So
1: <laughs> I mean, we just agree, agree to disagree. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, no, but working for the Yankees, it was great. So it was fun to. Kind of help build their digital presence, build the the digital magazine, which is something that I helped with, and then also launch their podcast, uh, the Yankees Magazine podcast. With my friends, are still running over there without me, and they're doing a great job. But yeah, just getting into be, working with the Yankees. First of all, is is working under extreme pressure and deadlines and an expectation of excellence at all levels, which. I really liked because it made me elevate my work. It made me have to elevate my work because if you didn't, you didn't get to stay. So that was probably the best part of working for that team. It's such a high class organization and the people that you work with are high class people and competent and put a lot of effort into what they do. So that made me want to do the same thing and and try to help build their brand, which is A worldwide brand, as even Chad I'm sure knows, you've seen Yankee hats everywhere that you've traveled.
0: Even me, I knew that there's something there. (laughs) So, there's something to this baseball thing. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's just necessary that when you work for that organization, you also have to be perfect is not a word that I like to use, but as close to perfect as possible. Sure. So, building the podcast was hard. And making a product that Yankees fans, and they're mostly based in New York. And as a New Yorker, I can say New Yorkers are really, really honest and hard on you. (laughs) So building something that they would appreciate and like was a challenge. And to do it in the last few years that I was there was so much fun and such a great learning experience. And getting the players involved and my coworkers involved in like testing different methods and segments and things that fans liked. It was really, really fun. It was cool.
0: So I have a question about New Yorkers and feedback. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) we've noticed that New Yorkers obviously have a certain type of personality on on balance, let's say. And would you say that that honesty or candidness or maybe sometimes like rude feedback Mm -hmm. help the feedback loops of developing and iterating the podcast? Oh,
2: for sure. Yeah. Because it kind of
0: cut to the chase in some ways. They
2: are just going to tell you what they think and if you don't fix it they're not going to listen to you anymore yeah and they're going to continue to tell you why you suck (laughs) (laughs) i'm like okay so we'll get on this stop telling me i suck i get it it's cool
1: not for nothing but this podcast sucks
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. hey listen it's really great i like what you're doing (laughs) but it sucks (laughs) okay thank you for listening i guess it's Um, a yeah it's
1: a uh, (laughs) it's a Every rose has its thorn, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's the compliment sandwich. It's two insults and then there's somewhere there's a compliment in there.
2: A little compliment in there, a couple jabs on the end. What Um, was your
1: favorite profile that you ever did? Or I mean, one of your favorites. You probably had many.
2: There was, I mean, there were a lot. One that sticks out to me is one I did on Aaron Judge, Mm -hmm. who is probably like the most popular Yankees since Derek Jeter in the last couple of years. He's just an amazing guy, an amazing baseball player, an amazing talent, but he's very open and honest and and helpful and is always going to answer your questions. But he's also similar to Derek Jeter is is very guarded and Mm -hmm. he'll answer your questions. And this is true of baseball players in general and athletes in general. They'll answer your questions, but they won't really say anything. Sure. (laughs) Totally. It's it's the art of like the, I'll answer your questions, but you're not getting anything of substance from me. Right. So to be able to, really get him to open up and like spend a decent amount of time with him and build a relationship with him over the the last few years and then tap into that relationship when I wanted to write something in depth about him. that was really special for me because I had done all the work beforehand to like get him to trust me a little bit, a little bit more. And because we're working in house, he knows that like I'm not going to do a hit job on him, you know, like that's just never going to happen. So... To be able to do that and then talk to him about like the music he loves and why he loves playing baseball and what it means to him to like step out on the field as a Yankee. Like that was something nobody else really had and something I was really proud to put out. So that was cool.
0: That's really
1: cool. Yeah. And he has, I mean as you're sitting across the table from me, I mean, we're pretty similar size guides, me and Aaron, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, yeah also, about the same. Yeah, about the same size, <laughs> same size forearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, I mean, he can hit a little bit farther than I can. Just a um, little. But when you're working with someone like Aaron and they do, you know that there's a story there, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily know what it is and they don't necessarily know if they want it to be told. How did you kind of like craft questions and get some of those tidbits that were a little bit, like things that you're like people want to know this you should share this but and it's not going to be a big deal if people know who, what your favorite song is or something like yeah that. Right. And you can you can you... be
2: honest about oh, loving sorry. taylor swift it's so, <laughs> it's so loud yeah. guys it's okay. Oh, she's,
0: she's solid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I want to add to that question too, is how did you go about building the relationship that preceded getting to ask him those questions? Because it takes a lot of interactions with anybody, especially mm-hmm. somebody who is having those hit jobs tr- attempted on them or dealing with like really harsh fan feedback and stuff like that. Yeah, how'd you go about that relationship and then crafting the questions to get to a place where you can have uh, a great authentic conversation?
2: To build a relationship. So, In baseball, uh, the media is allowed to come into the clubhouse for an hour before every single game. And that's the time when you like get your quotes and you write your stories and like you go in with your questions and the players are supposed to be at their lockers to answer those questions. So I made it a point to never really bother him. Like I just made it a point, even if I was writing a story, I chose not to write a story about him specifically because... I wasn't ready for it yet and everybody else was asking him for a million things. So I made a very conscious effort to not really go to him with work stuff. But there's also a point in that hour when the manager of the club will give a press conference and all of the media leaves to go cover the press conference because I was writing for a monthly magazine. I didn't need to be in the daily press conferences. So, while all the media was gone, I stayed behind. And that's when I just kind of had human conversations with all the guys in the room, not necessarily just Aaron. I just talked to them, like, hey, like, what are you watching? Like, are you reading anything interesting? Like, have you seen the show? What's that book in your locker? Like, what do you recommend? And that's just how I went about really just building trust with all the guys. Like, I wasn't there to ask them something, I wasn't there pestering them about a hit they had or a strikeout that they made or like what were they thinking in this moment of this game like they get that enough but nobody ever asked them like hey how are your kids doing like how how is like Billy like adjusting to his glasses like I know you had said last week like you were getting him glasses like these are things that they're humans and that's what I always said as a person like these these are baseball players Mm -hmm. and that's their job and they're gonna be baseball players for five or ten or at the most 20 years but they're gonna be human beings for as long as they're on the planet so i always tried to come at them from a human level as a baseline i didn't care that they were baseball players although it was my job to care that they were baseball players i cared about them as people. And I think that helped it come across. And that's also how I approach interviews. I approach interviews even still as just conversations. I don't like, I prepare questions and I prepare research, but I almost never read the question that I am, I have prepared. I start a conversation with a person and I just try to steer a conversation and if the conversation goes in a way that I'm not expecting I just let it happen because that's more interesting probably than what I have prepared because what he's probably saying is something I wasn't expecting and that maybe he's never said before because if I wasn't expecting it it wasn't in my research and I've sure. done a, a ton of research
0: right so awesome catch by the way yeah let's keep the yeah. the red explicit off off the pod for a while
2: <laughs> <laughs> um so
0: that's so cool because you're going in a direction that's going to be exciting for them because yes. they're trying to go in that direction and you're helping them exactly. go. You're assisting them going in a direction that they want to go. Right. Yeah.
2: And because they have a relationship with me, because they trust me, because they know that I'm not just trying to get something out of them, Yep, they're more willing to just have a conversation. And that's yeah. what it is. Even though I'm asking in the context of, I will be writing about this, my recorder is on, like there is this thing between us now. It's A little bit less of an issue than it might have been
0: yeah because most of the media is going to treat them as if they're an object to further their writing or personal careers and then plenty of fans have the mindset of like oh you're a vending machine to help me make money through autographs or like satisfaction of getting the autographs on swag or whatever and that's uh yeah so that type of approach stands out Mm -hmm. has to
1: one of the best interviews I ever listened to with an athlete was um, Rich Eisen interviewed Aaron Rodgers, and the entire episode, all they talked about was Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and I think now Aaron does a bunch of Game of Thrones content, but it was one of these things like you, like there's so many different dimensions to whether it's, you know, actors or or athletes or whatever people in the public eye that they have all these, again, stories to tell. And it's like, nobody's asking about that. They're like, Hey, you know, What was it like facing this pitcher or whatever? Mm -hmm. And it's like, especially in baseball where there's so much volume, like every day is, is there's not too much that changes on a daily basis. It's pretty, unless something like crazy happens, but you know, the totality of the year kind of like doesn't even set in until the end. You know, you're an athlete as well
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and I I feel like I need the uh, Hillary's lessons that Writers can get from being an equestrian.
2: <laughs> it's a it's an odd an odd way to put it. It's uh, a clickbait
1: article, it's for sure. But, uh, you know, you for know. those in your in your horse riding community, I feel like it might be a hit.
2: Okay, so
0: and a rock climber and
2: everything. and, you and a rock that, climber and a biker, a cyclist. You yeah. know, all the things. One of the the best lessons that I think could really translate from horseback riding to writing is to keep your heels down so in Ooh. horseback riding you have to keep your heel down to keep your self steady on your horse and i think in writing you gotta get your heels to the ground and you have to actually just do the work there is just no way to write unless you actually write <laughs> you have to actually do it and
0: rewrite it, again and, and, rewrite
2: again. it. Yeah. and if your heels aren't down you're gonna fall off and then you're not gonna do the job that you're there for. And then that's the next thing. If you do fall off, you have to get back. Like you can't just stop riding if you fall off. And I've fallen off my horse many times. And I've been kicked off my horse and, you know, thrown into things. And it's the same with riding. You get kicked down and told you're not good and like your stuff stinks and you beat yourself up too. But you have to keep going back and doing it over and over and over again
0: completely because it's so easy to when you do get thrown off in writing i haven't been thrown off a horse but (laughs) when you get thrown off in writing you there's a tendency to start your internal voice turns to self-censorship which Mm -hmm. can slow you down and it's like if you're either going to keep going and keep writing and rewriting and everything or it's going to be the complete opposite direction it's like there's no as far as i can tell there isn't a middle ground it's yeah I mean, I use that
1: approach when, when I'm riding bikes at Google, where if I get frustrated and I fall off my bike mm-hmm. and I throw it across the parking lot.
0: I, can't I then you're that.
1: Quit bike, up bike riding. <laughs> and then I quit bike riding and tell everyone that I freaking hate it and then I'm never going to do it again. So it's, I mean, there's levels to it. Yeah, but, sure. th- you know, that's another, you that know, works. for those of you out there that just want to quit, do you, you know, do you prefer riding
0: forever? Bicycle. Challenged bicycle novice. Yeah, yes. or what's uh, yeah, what's the like,
1: term? Bicycle challenge is probably the way to go. Physically, I could get on a bike and pedal. <laughs> oh, I could God. like use the you, pedals you to propel myself. We, I mean, to, I to, be,
0: to be fair, we traveled all around on. It was at Google on bikes, but you were. Uh, you just we're taking the scenic it route, was it was the
1: shroud of death that hangs over me when I am on a bicycle like the there is one certainty is that gravity does a great job of bringing you to the concrete it's when true. you do fall yes. you know and for that reason I'm out
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but I'll pick up I'll take up horse riding and then boom problem you solved go.
2: problem solved I am giving you all the tools you need And the, I guess the last <laughs> lesson because <laughs> that was only two right the last one is is in my lessons because I take lessons because you can always improve is, hey. t- is to watch other people. And that's the same thing in writing is to read writing that you enjoy and that you admire because you'll learn from that. I learn by watching the other people in my lesson and the people in the other lessons who are more advanced than me. I see how they approach it. And I learn things that they're doing that I didn't even think about doing. And I think you can do the same thing with writing.
1: That's like today mm-hmm. you learned in the studio about writing in zero gravity I did
2: that's true that is a whole new experience I've not tried it I've ex- I witnessed it
1: just get ready <laughs> it will change your world
2: great
0: yeah that, that's it thanks so much for hanging out and we mentioned a lot of things in this episode check out the show notes if you want to learn more about any of them and stay tuned to the story podcast where we have some really exciting narrators coming up Mr. Alec Baldwin Mr. Jeffrey Wright it's coming to you very soon talk Woo-hoo. soon thanks everyone Later. Mission.org is a media company with a daily newsletter, network of podcasts, and brand studio designed to accelerate learning. Head to mission.org to get award-winning podcasts like The Mission Daily, The Story, IT Visionaries, Education Trends, Marketing Trends, Future of Cities, and more. Mission Studios has worked with companies like Salesforce, Twilio, and Katera to create custom media channels that drive results. Make sure to subscribe to the mission's daily newsletter at
2: mission.org.